Welcome. You're listening to WO Voices, a podcast series from Women in Optometry magazine. I'm Martilyn Bailefeld, editor of Women in Optometry. We're delighted you could join us. We're here today with Dr. Caroline Guerrero-Kauke. Um, she is a practitioner in La Mesa, California, in the San Diego area. We're going to talk today about myopia management and the methods for doing that. Dr. Kauke, welcome. Well, thank you for having me. I really appreciate it. How did your interest in myopia come about? Well, you know, it's sort of an interesting um, uh, journey. Life's a journey. And what happened is in the very beginning of my career out of college, I was um, interested in um, behavior and special education. And so I was a special ed teacher with children who had multiple challenges. And so I worked in a special school for children like that and got very familiar with children, children who needed help, and also got to learn about vision because a lot of these children were visually handicapped. And that's how I led myself into optometry. I left special ed, went into optometry because it seemed like much something a bit more challenging and interesting. And so in optometry, after getting out of optometry school, I realized that uh, being a woman in the field had its definite advantages because children aren't afraid of women. We're mommy. And mm-hmm. so they naturally gravitate to you. And and so there was never a problem examining kids. They weren't afraid. They'd do anything you ask them to do. And they were very cooperative. But at the same time, I started seeing, oh, my goodness, all my little children patients are getting more and more and more nearsighted what's going on. And that happened over the space of many, many years, where just until the last five years or so, it's like, whoa, what is going on here? And of course, we know it's the myopia epidemic with all of the different challenges that that are facing children, such as extended use screen time, not going outside at all, uh, the pressures of studying, uh, of course, all of the um, uh, epidemiologic problems as well. And I said, hmm, okay, so I'm looking at this. My kids are in trouble. I need to do something about it. And so it sort of was a, a journey. It didn't just happen overnight. And I just said, okay, it's time for a change. Let's do it. And what did you have to do to prepare yourself to just do it? Well, yeah, it wasn't that simple, was it? So I sat down and I said, okay, first I made a like a business plan. What am I going to do? How much money am I going to need to put this into place? How am I going to do it? And then, of course, at the time when I did this, which was probably about 15 years ago, uh, there wasn't any any serious help for me out there. So I had to do a lot of self-study. And along the way, I came upon this crazy association that I didn't know anything about called the... Um, uh, they called it at the time the Orthokeratology Academy of America, mm-hmm. which has since renamed itself to the American Academy of Orthokeratology and Myopia Control. Well, after joining that, I realized that there were other people out there that did this, and they were very happy to share what they did uh, with me so that I could learn. We go to the meetings every year and learn more and more and more and more, and that helped me to prepare. And now, we help all the other doctors to prepare. And how did you get the word out to your patient base that this was something that you were, you know, actively working to manage with with young patients? Mm-hmm. Well, a couple of different ways. The first way is word of mouth because when you work with a patient and their parents who are just absolutely thrilled that this is happening, they go and tell all their friends. Plus you encourage them 
to tell all their friends, you know, tell your friends about this. And then you do a lot of blogging and on the internet so that people know about you. And you can also hire separate consultants. There's lots of other ways to do, uh, to manage it. Um, social media is a big, big way because that gets the word out kind of in a blasty form. We also have a newsletter that we send out to our patients in general. So they stay very up to date with what we're doing in terms of our, um, our own specialties. We have something in the waiting room that plays um, throughout the entire day talking about various optometric things, including myopia control, including OrthoK, including soft myopia control, just all sorts of different things, but it plays continuously. And um, we have that on our phone on hold talking about what we do. So it's just sort of like all about myopia control every minute that we're open. So how much of your practice is um, dedicated to myopia management? Oh, gosh. Um, probably about, at this point, 25%. Wow. My my personal wish would be 100%, <laughs> but, but that's because I just love working with kids. But the reality is that, um, you know, you have to build that up. And, and eventually, it, you know, some, some doctors actually have 100% ortho K myopia control practices. I just wow. not been that fortunate or maybe that aggressive. Right. Do you see it increasing every year? Oh yes, definitely. It increases for two reasons. One is myopia increases. And then secondly, the word gets out. And so that is a second way to increase. What you do is first you sit down and you evaluate the child to determine What's the problem? You know, how myopic are they? That's the first thing. How quickly did they get there? Second thing, what's the family history like? So what are their risk factors, both behavioral and um, and genetic wise? So you make a profile and then you sit down and figure out what's the best choice. You present that to the parents and that could be my, that could be ortho K. It could be soft myopia control. It could be adding atropine, other pharmaceuticals, because that added to um, a lens or mold uh, treatment really increases the the holding power. It might be talking to the parents about modifying the child's behavior. There are a lot of things. It's a, it's a whole package that you put together, present to the parents, and then they choose what they where they want to go. And of course, we make strong recommendations, but sometimes parents either can't afford to do this or they choose not to. So this obviously takes counseling time. Do How do you build that into the sort of the daily flow of the practice? Yeah, that, that is a challenge. And, and we actually teach that um, in what I have in every year at this uh, special meeting for the academy, we work with doctors who are new to this. And that's one of the very things that we talk to them about because it's going to take time to do this. So we have to teach them how you work that into your, your specific schedule, because you can't expect to um, have an exam every half hour. And then all of a sudden now you have an ortho K prospect uh, or or a child who's highly nearsighted. You can't just in five minutes because they're not going to get it and they're not going to take it seriously. And so you have to learn how to schedule that within your practice, but it's certly not within just the the 30 minute exam. That's not possible. So we teach the doctors how not only to integrate the counseling and the the presentation of this myopia control program, but also once the patients accept it, 
how you schedule the follow-up visits because the follow-up visits are different. So you have to learn how to schedule those too, whether it's going to be with you in a group, with your staff. So we, we give them a whole program on how to do that. Right. Because if you find a candidate who is an ortho K or a myopia management candidate, um, you have to be able to say something in the course of that first exam. Uh huh. Um, yeah, I'll broach it. I'll broach it, you know, in a short period of time. I'll say, I'm very, very concerned. We also have a lot of nice booklets that I've put together. And so we'll broach it. And then I'll say, I think we need to have more time to talk about this. This is very serious. And I want to make sure your child gets the best. I'm going to give you these booklets to read, but let's schedule you back on this day at this time so we can have a nice conversation and, and give you a good overview of what's best for your child. No, of course not. No, not at all. I think that uh, I'd say the majority of the ODs at this point are so overworked and so overwhelmed with having to just stay afloat, all their staff issues and all the pressures they have, that they don't have the time to just sit there and talk with the parents. They're running from room to room. It speaks to the fact that as ODs, we care about our patients. We're in the field because we care about health. This is a public health crisis that is affecting our particular profession in a big way. And so we have to broach it, even if you're perfectly happy in what you're doing. You know, you may be a a glaucoma specialist or you might, uh, you know, be low vision or whatever, but you still see regular people, you still see kids. And you've got to say to yourself, look, I have to say something because that's a standard of care. If you're going to see a child who's nearsighted and they're, you know, six years old and they're already a minus one, you know where they're going and you need to do something as an obligation to the child and to society to not let them get to a minus six or seven and then have detached retinas and uh, uh, myopic maculopathy and all the other things that go along with it. So it's a matter of your particular obligation to the community and to your profession to practice to the highest level. And that is the highest level, taking care of your little teeny patients as well as the people who have problems when they're older. Right. And this is completely in optometry's wheelhouse, isn't it? Well, you know, mostly it is. It should be in ophthalmology as well. And actually, the uh, there's a branch of ophthalmology that has finally seen the light and recognized the problem because for so many years, they were very opposed, of course, to optometry, but also to orthokeratology. And they just hadn't paid attention to the fact that the kids were getting worse and worse. And now a whole group of enlightened ophthalmologists are joining with us. And in fact, they're holding their meeting right at the same time and in the same area where we hold our annual meeting. And so um, I've spoken at their meeting and educated some of the uh, the attendees as to what's going on with myopia management and ortho okay. And they were looking at me with their jaws dropped saying, oh, you are right. This is something we really need to be embracing. And so it's kind of exciting to finally see the two groups coming together because it shouldn't be just ours. They see kids too. They should be doing something right. about it besides just looking at their retina. You know, we've got to, we've got to be proactive. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And some of those lifestyle considerations could certainly be part of any primary mm-hmm. care providers true. counseling. Very true. Mm-hmm. Yep. And they don't. And why not? Because 
because a patient comes in, let's say to their pediatrician, they get like six minutes to see the child, do the history and get the problem taken care of and boom, they're gone because of the pressures. They don't have time and they're not getting reimbursed for it. And so it should really be on the insurance companies as preventive medicine to allow every single person to do a little bit of that. But you can't do that unless you know how to do it too. You know, and they need the education. And of course, that's where the academy comes in because we teach people the right way to do it, what to say, how to encounter questions, and, um, and then, of course, the programs for the children. So the academy is the place to start for somebody who wants to get going? You know, the academy is the place to start because that we know everything. We've done it. Why reinvent the wheel? We know how to do it. And you go to boot camp, which um, I started many, many years ago, and new doctors come, and it's a day and a half, and it's basically basic myopia control and ortho K. How do you do this? Then the meeting afterwards is new stuff. And so the, the boot campers then attend the general meeting to learn the very current information. Mm -hmm. But the best part about it is that they get to talk with the people who are attending the meeting. And the meeting's like six, 700 people, so it's not gigantic. But these people are so friendly. The members are friendly. And you get all these pearls of knowledge just by walking in the elevator with somebody or talking at the exhibit hall with different doctors who are doing this. And you get all these pearls of knowledge and you get to ask them questions. Well, how do you do this? How do you do that? And they'll talk your ear off. And so you get this intangible benefit from that area, but you also get the didactic learning in the different classes that are presented, which is, you know, terrific. But the Academy has something else that's very cool. And that is we have this sort of a chat group or Google group. I don't know what you call it. It's online. And so anybody can post a question and then you get answers from around the world. All of these people are on our chat group. So you post a question and someone from Australia or New Zealand may answer mm -hmm. the question. And that's very cool because you're getting lots of different perspectives all over the world. And, uh, and, it, and it's, it's absolutely huge. Did I mention China? Because China is gigantic in terms of, of uh, myopia control and, and ortho K. And we get, we get answers from China. Mm -hmm. And we actually go to China and, um, and lecture there because that need is so great. We have to make sure that all the doctors in China are educated. And there's only so many people in the world to do this. So um, right. they enlist our help as well. So, yeah, that's that's the way to start is to join the academy because then you have 500 friends who will be very happy to help you. Right. So tell me about the boot camp. Well, you know, I talked about it earlier where you have all this didactic knowledge, learning basically about how the lens is fit and how it's designed and how it works, you know, how you do an informed consent contract that's different than ortho, just a standard um, lens contract. Um, we talk about scheduling, of course. We talk a lot about myopia and myopia control procedures because most of the people in boot camp don't really know what to do. And so we teach them all about that. Um, we have motivational speakers that talk about how you motivate your patients and how you get the word out to the rest of the, um, to the population. And then we talk a lot about topography because topography is huge in ortho K fitting. And a lot of people don't really know uh, topography very well. So we teach them. But the really cool part is we've just added this new part for Wednesday nights called nibbles and knowledge. And what happens is the doctors, after all this um, 12 o'clock to five o'clock 
basically didactic classes, they go into this this room and there are eight vendors sitting uh, at different sections with nice chairs and tables and uh, monitors and computers. And each of these vendors is a different orthokeratology or soft myopia control vendor or, or topographer. So mm-hmm. the, the uh, newcomers get to go and sit at these tables and they will learn hands on how to touch this lens. They have people there like patients there and the vendors and, and I say vendors, but they're really representatives. They're very, very skilled people. They're just not pure salespeople. They'll say, okay, mm-hmm. here's how you fit this lens. This is the data you need. Let's choose this lens. And we choose this lens because we've, we've uh, inputted the data. We're going to pick this lens, put it on the patient's eye, look at it. This is how it fits. I don't like that fit. Let's take it off, put the next one on. And so the newcomers hands on, they get to do it and it's real super personal. And then they might drift to the next company and the next company. Well, the topographers are over there. They've got their topographers fired up and they'll teach you how you touch this, how you also um, take a picture. Look at that. Look how you did it. Now, what do I do now that we have it? Look at that. And it's Mm -hmm. real super hands on. And that's what the newcomers have always wanted is hands on. And you can't get that in an exhibit hall because there's 8 million people pushing you out of the way. We also have concurrently, which is huge this year, we've added a staff track because staff is super important for ortho-K and for myopia control. They need to know because patients will ask them before they ask you. And if they don't know how to answer, it just goes away. But if they're enthusiastic and they answer properly, that's huge for your practice, but they got to know what to say. And so we let them come to boot camp, but they don't go to all the doctor classes. They go to some because I've determined that some of those classes are important and the staff can handle them. And then some that are just a little too technical and really wouldn't matter for them, like how to fit a lens that doesn't matter to a staff member, but how to train a patient, how to put the lens on does. So we have some where we break the staff out and give them their own personal lectures. And then the rest of the time they're with the doctors and they get two hours to themselves on how to take uh, maps with the topographers. Wow. And so the, the two topography companies will be there in a room all by themselves with the staff and they have lots and lots of hands on for them. And it separated them out because a lot of times if we put the staff together with the doctors, guess who gets booted out of the way? Well, now they don't get booted out of the way. They have their own time with the different manufacturers. The two companies there get lots of hands on. And when they leave, they're like, oh, I get this. I, I get it now. And a lot of times in our practices, we don't have time to sit down and carefully go through every single step of the way on how to do this um, because we got pulled away for this or that. Well, these people are there and taking them, answering their questions. And the staff aren't afraid to ask because they're with other staff. They don't look stupid that way. And, and it, it works out really well. So this is staff boot camp as well. That's great. Mm-hmm. So people can register for this uh, Vision by Design 2019 meeting mm-hmm. at orthokmeeting.com. It's going to be in San Antonio this year, Yes, May 15th to 19th. Dr. Kauke, thank you so much for being with us today. Well, thank you for the opportunity. It was just lovely to chat with you. Thank you for listening. I hope you join us again next time on WL Voices. If you'd like to be part of our podcast series, please contact us. 
You can email us at wovoicesonline at gmail.com or via our website, womeninoptometry.com, on Facebook at WO Magazine, or through Twitter or Instagram at WomenODs. See you next time.